Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beautiful Kate Harlow here. I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. Are you emotionally unavailable? There's so much talk from women about them attracting men who are emotionally unavailable, but here is my secret. All five saboteur archetypes that I teach in my work, for those of you who are on my masterclass, um, and we did one episode about the saboteur archetypes. It was called, Are You Sabotaging Your Love Life? All five saboteur archetypes are emotionally unavailable in different ways, which means all of our patterns equal emotional unavailability. And the antidote to unlocking your availability in being able to connect more intimately and deeply with your friends, with your partners, with everyone in your life, with your dates, is learning how to unlock what I call your heroine. And so here's my invitation to you. My program called The Reclamation is starting July 1st. I have a couple of spots left and would love to personally invite you to join me in this 12-week journey of learning how to let your saboteur and your emotionally un your emotional unavailability take the back seat so that you can start to unlock all of who you are, what I call your heroine, um, and reclaim yourself in your relationships, in your love life, um, so you can experience the depth of love and life that you're here to experience. So the reclamation journey begins July 1st. We will post the link below. I just want to let you know as the doors close, June 30th. So I want to make sure that you can check out the page and book a call with me if you're curious. And I have a special discount for those of you who are joining coming in from the podcast. So personal invitation to you. And the page will tell you a lot more about what the reclamation journey is. Um, but essentially, it's learning how to unlock all of who you are so you can bring her onto your dates and into your relationships as opposed to who I call your saboteur. So enjoy this epic episode. So excited for you. And as always, let us know how, how it lands in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We will see you there. Much love. Welcome to the New Truth Podcast episode 77, magical 77. Are you emotionally unavailable? And this is a hot topic because there's just so much chatter out there nowadays about men being emotionally unavailable. And I feel, you know, I see so much in our, in the culture of dating and relationships and the world, how much we blame other people and how easy it is to, to look through the lens of, oh, why do I keep attracting emotionally unavailable men? They're emotionally unavailable. Oh, there's another emotionally unavailable men. 
And usually when we're attracting something, there's some, there, it's an opportunity to look in the mirror at our own avail, emotional availability. And I think one of the biggest ways, you know, I see with my clients, with women who are blaming the other person and they keep like being frustrated with what they're attracting, blame to me is one of the biggest ways that women are emotionally unavailable because Absolutely. They're, they're, they're looking at the other person for all the like, oh, he's toxic. He's this, he's that, but you're attracting that for a reason. There's an aspect of you that's also unavailable, which is why you're comfortable choosing it. That's why you're choosing the unavailable man, because there's a part of you that doesn't want to be vulnerable. There's a part of you that doesn't want to go deep and have that deep intimacy that maybe your soul and your heart long for, but your saboteur and your inner child don't, right? And so that's why you are attracting it. So it's um, really easy to put point the finger and blame out there, mm. but emotional unavailability is really just a reflection of something that's happening inside of you. Which is why we're doing this episode. And I love that. I love that we're starting with availability. What you say you want is someone who's consistent and accountable and you are not accountable when you keep dating the person who's not right for you. You're not accountable when you're blaming the dating apps and blaming the, the city that you live in and blaming how other people behave rather than deciding who you want to be. And this is your friendly reminder for the 10 millionth time, like it all starts within. It all starts within. So the number one sign of your unavailability is blame. And so in order to become emotionally available, this is your opportunity to step into powerful, radical self-responsibility and take a look at where you've been shut down to love. Because what emotionally unavailable means is shut down, right? Emotional availability. What is a requirement for healthy relationship is intimate, authentic, honest communication, right? Someone's ability to actually authentically be themselves. So my next piece of a sign of your unavailability is perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Are you, and, and pretending, right? Are you the person who is not being real on a date, right? We are all wrapped up and looking perfect and acting, acting perfect and talking about, hey, you've got your shit together in every area of your perfect life rather than actually, I mean, I remember, I think I like spilled water on myself on my first date with Andrew, you know, Mm -hmm. and women are so afraid to actually ask for what you need. Like, why are you going on a date for sushi if you don't eat sushi? So it's another, okay. Another sign of your unavailability is not being clear and direct in your communication, Mm -hmm. not being able to ask for what you need or reveal what actually works for you or feels good for you. That's a sign of your unavailability. And then lo and behold, you're on a date with someone who is totally shut down, doesn't really care about your feelings because you're not being caring and considerate of your feelings and needs if you're not advocating for yourself. So those are mine. What's next? Yeah, as you're talking, I'm just like, whoa, because I was because in in the saboteur archetypes that I've talked about before, and I'll just touch on them right now because they're always fun and they really help you. They help help us understand ourselves in such a simple, light way. But I always think of the the isolator as like the the big the one who's extremely emotionally unavailable because isolators typically have a hard time feeling their feelings or they don't share they they're afraid that they're a burden to other people so they don't share what's really going on even if they're feeling a lot or they're completely numb to their feelings altogether. 
but all of the saboteur archetypes are emotionally available because you've already described so many of them. This, the fantasy addict is the one that's just projecting a fantasy story onto the other person, pretending to be something other than what they are, which is also a little bit of the shape shifter. So you're like, when you're in a fantasy story about the other person, of course, you're not emotionally available because you're not sharing your heart. You're not sharing who you really are. You're not coming from curiosity and getting to know who this person is. You're just painting a story onto them like, oh, wow, he's good looking. He's successful. He's this, he's that. I got to get his attention. I got to get him to choose me or to like me. Um, and then the self-sacrificer isn't emotionally unavailable because they're so busy trying to rescue and self-sacrificers typically love project relationships. So they'd be like a really great match to an emotionally unavailable man because the self-sacrificer is like, oh, I'll be, you know, whatever you need me to be. Mm-hmm. And then the controller is definitely emotionally unavailable because they're just in control and they're not, that's the perfectionist. That's the, I'm, you know, forcing things or trying to make things happen or the, the dates feel like a job interview. And like, of course there's no vulnerability in that. And so really all our protective mechanisms are blocking us from a being emotionally connected and and that's where true intimacy comes from and so having ha, I'm, it's cool because i'm kind of unpacking this as we talk about it we're all emotionally unavailable to a degree absolutely every single one of us has protective mechanisms because when we were little and we were wildly expressed in our emotions and we were vulnerable in every moment, whatever was going on for us moment to moment, we got shut mm-hmm. down for it. Every single one of us got told to be quiet, to go to our room. Shh. Like every single one of us got told it's going to be okay when we cut ourselves and we we're crying and, and you're okay, you're okay, you're okay. And so every single one of us to some degree got shut down from feeling our feelings and being who we are. Mm-hmm. So we're all you know, navigating this journey of becoming more emotionally online and more emotionally attuned and more connected to who we really are. And I think that's why you're listening to this podcast is because you, your soul desires to become more aligned and attuned with who you really are. And with that comes emotional connection and vulnerability and being real. And that's where you get to experience true emotion, like true intimacy and true connection. And so it's really a lifelong journey of like noticing the places like we wear. So it's so easy. It's actually funny because in Costa Rica, I witnessed this man and woman. I was, I didn't know them, but I, well, I was at lunch with friends and they had a little thing come up and she was trying to share her emotions with him. And he, he was kind of shut down and she was like, you're invalidating my emotions. And it was just this like watching this Mm. dynamic and, and I processed it with her after. And she said, I always attract emotionally unavailable men. And I, and I was thinking like, yeah, but there's, there's this like watching, I watched it play out and she was like trying to get something from him, which of course was repelling him. He didn't want to give it to her because there was this attachment for her to get this thing from him versus when you're Mm. truly in your emotional vulnerability and openness, there is no attachment to get something. So even in consciousness and self-awareness and people who are like, she, she was trying to get his Mm. emotional validation 
And then she just blamed him as being emotionally unavailable because that's a term that just gets thrown around. Meanwhile, I just witnessed two saboteurs, like she was trying to get something from him and he was like repel repulsed and didn't want to give <laughs> that thing to her. And it's, it's like, we're, when you come from an open heart and you're just actually connecting and coming from curiosity and vulnerability and truth, that's when even an emotionally unavailable man will show up more because he'll feel seen, he'll feel safe, he'll feel connected, he'll feel open. Like we all, I, I just, I'm just so tired of the personal development industry, just everybody labeling everybody as opposed to like, wait, where am I coming from within myself? And how can mm -hmm. I show up differently so that I ignite a different response within you? And I think that's the key. You know, one of the words that, keeps coming up in my work is self-advocacy, right? And, and in couples work, the principle is how can I help you help me get what I need? Because we do have needs. She did need validation from him. And how insane to think that the way to getting what you need is by blaming and shaming the person for not giving it to you, which women do on a dating app, right? Like watch what you do when someone reaches out to you. And if you immediately dismiss it because they didn't write the question that you thought should have been asked in the first exchange, you know, I'm thinking how availability and which love actually is the, a way of being present. Like that's what healing allows us to do. Like the healing away from our protective mechanisms are really getting triggered all the time and being reactive. A sign of unavailability is if you're constantly reactive, which is a sign of not being in your body and not, not mm -hmm. a sign of not feeling safe in yourself, a sign of not trusting yourself and not being present, right? You're not available if you live in your head. If you're psychoanalyzing every little thing that happens or you're hyper-focused on the behavior of other people, yes. rather than saying, how do I actually empower myself to live in such a way that supports my self-advocacy and creating a life in which my needs are met, mm. right? So the, the, if you're on, always attracting unavailable people, the reflection is one, do I even believe I can receive what I need? Do I know what I need to be happy in a relationship? And then most of all, you are unavailable if you're unable to walk away from the people that are not right for you, right? So being able to actually set boundaries is a sign of availability. And I so appreciate your compassion around all of this with like, yes, we all are and we all have, you know, protective mechanisms. And the thing I've been, that's been in my heart this week, especially is intimacy is a practice of knowing the places that I want to shut down and fear and mm. opening anyway, right? Like, it's not like, oh, I'm good at intimacy. Now I'm all fucking set, you yes, know? It's <laughs> like, a practice, exactly right. what you just said. It's a practice. It's a practice for Catherine Danielli. It's a practice for Kate Harlow. It's not like you don't just arrive and, and right. like, oh, we're just, I'm in my heroin 24 hours <laughs> a day and you're like super a lot. No, it's a no. practice. And it's cut. And I noticed so many times where I shut down. I mean, even just being here in Costa Rica and being around new people. And I noticed like, sometimes my saboteur comes out and wants to like prove myself and then I catch it and I'm like, Ooh, there she is. Okay. Regina, take a back seat. And I like get back into my center and it's a practice. It's a noticing where am I contorting? Where am I posturing? Where am I collapsing? Where am I hiding myself? How can I come back to feeling my feet on the ground, feeling myself in my own body, opening my heart. And again, coming back to curiosity, curiosity with myself, curiosity with the other person, like, how can I come back to, you know, and it just how much 
even coming back to that scenario, it's like how much we just label each other constantly. And it's like, okay, oh, there I attracted another emotionally unavailable men label as opposed to like, okay, maybe that's his saboteur. Maybe that is his protective mechanism. But like, as soon as you put a label on some, someone, well, now it just shuts the door. Like right. you've got protective mechanisms too. Would you like people to just throw a label on you and shut the door? Like, what if you were to actually just be curious about mm. that? Oh, interesting. I'm noticing him shut down right now. Maybe I could take a breath, lean back and like notice, like, what am I trying to get right now? And how can I just open my heart again and come back to curiosity and or Not actually to- ask for it. Yeah. Like, hey, vulnerability sounds like, hey, I so am triggered right now. And I want to believe that you care about me. I mean, I don't know if this was her partner or someone you just met because you don't know if someone cares about you when you're just yeah. met. But like, I'll yeah. think, I'll think about it if like Andrew and I get amped up and like, it's like taking a breath and like, hey, babe, we're on the same team. That's like my favorite. We always, when we get uh, triggered, we remind you like same that. team, same team. Yes. We love each other. Same team. Yes. Like breathe. Okay. Oh yeah. I know you care about me. And hey, I, in this moment, what I need to hear from you is yes. simply, I hear you. Yeah. That's it. Don't yeah. try to pick, like you actually yeah. have to teach people. And this is why the inner child work is so empower- powerful because children don't get to decide. They have to just deal with what they're given in the childhood home, right? But guess what? You're not a little girl anymore. You're an adult. It's time to put your big girl pants on and behave like an adult when you're dating, Mm -hmm. which means it's up to you to treat yourself as sacred and then up to you to walk away from the people who disrespect you. Mm -hmm. It's up to you to believe in yourself. This is a sign of availability, believing in yourself, believing in your capacity to open your heart. Yes, we're all fucking scared, Mm -hmm. but the people who let fear run the show are how you shut down and how you get to keep complaining about not getting what you want. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I always just think that the emotional availability is, is willingness to take the risk of possibly getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Period. There is no way out, babe. I know you think getting married somehow means you're never going to get hurt or be disappointed. Like if, if you figure that out, let me know. Cause it's not my experience in my <laughs> marriage, but that like, we, like that's the softening is like, look, we're all afraid of being hurt. No one wants to be hurt. No one wants to be rejected, but the ones that are available are the ones that say it's okay. If I do, I'm willing to take the risk to have it possibly not work out with this person, have this person possibly not like me, but I'm not going to wait with my saboteur leading or all my protective mechanisms and then wonder why no one can love me. No one can love you if they can't see you and know you. Well, the, and the irony is we're all working our fucking asses off. Our saboteurs are (laughs) working our asses off to protect ourselves from pain, but we're causing ourselves way more pain by doing that. Exactly. It's like the moment of someone saying like of you opening your heart and you sharing and someone not meeting you and you realizing something is out of alignment, that's going to hurt less. than you holding it in and not letting it being fake and being perfect and trying to hide who you are and then not feeling loved because of course you're not going to ever feel loved if you're not being who you are like if you're hiding all these parts of yourself it's such a self-fulfilling prophecy exactly and you'll always experience so much more suffering and pain by operating from protection rather than learning how and you know the the root of everything we teach is about transforming your relationship with yourself because that's all you have like everything you're experiencing in relation to everyone else is simply 
a reflection of what's happening within you. And so what is your relationship to yourself? Are you allowing yourself to just be real, to share your heart without expectations, without an agenda, without an attachment to how the other piece person needs to behave, but being able to actually be true to yourself and hold space for the other person to be who they are. Like how much as women do we... I remember this, this old business client I used to have, who was a relationship coach. We actually wish we should, uh, if she's still doing it, we should have her on the podcast. She teaches how um, the concepts Manglish and Feminish, how men speak Manglish and women speak Feminish and how like women are always wanting men to be women and men are wanting women to be like men. And the reality is in a, heterosexual relationship like the reason you're attracted to the opposite sex is because of the polarity that that is there but then we try and like force the other person to become more like yeah. us rather than getting to know their yeah. soul you know and of course if you don't get to know your own soul you're not going to want to get to know someone else's the old paradigm is this is how you're supposed to show up this is what a partner I want is supposed to be like instead of being curious about who they are as an individual and being curious about who you are as an individual right and if you're trying to change people, if you're controlling people, if you're super judgmental of every person you meet, you are not emotionally available. Okay. If you think that there's a right way to show up or someone else has to always get it right with you, you are not emotionally available. If you are always second guessing everything you do and thinking that and you're following bullshit dating advice that says if you always do x you'll always get y outcome and and for me that's control so much of the magic of life is not knowing what's going to happen and that's what makes intimacy so scary i don't know if you're gonna like me I don't know what you're going to say after I share my standard or my boundary or my feelings. And so we all try to prevent the not knowing, which is actually why the addiction to unavailable people is so rampant is because you're more familiar with the pain of knowing, mm -hmm. right? Versus the pain of not knowing, right? And that's what intimacy is. Intimacy is, I don't know what's going to happen, but then the person you build a relationship with is the person where you have enough consistency and reliability to know that you're not going to be disrespected. They are going to show up for you. They do care about your feelings, but that actually takes time to know. So another sign of unavailability is rushing. If you are rushing into bed, yes. rushing into a relationship, thinking you've met the love of your fucking life after two dates, I'm sorry, you don't know who that person is. Yes. That's a sign of unavailability. Yes. And yes. patience. Ooh. Yes. So, yes, Kate. Oh, I just was thinking like on that note, it's like the rushing. And I love um, Shalina from Rising Women always posts about that, about how that's such a red flag when you're rushing into a relationship and you're rushing into like, that is fantasy love. And fantasy love is one of the, like, it's like 0.00001% that rush and actually you and Andrew, that like things unfold quickly and it ends up being super fucking aligned. It's very rare because mostly it's the saboteur and the fantasy addict that's leading. 
but what's underneath it, underneath rushing, underneath our protective mechanisms leading, underneath emotional unavailability is like what we all have. We all desire to be deeply seen and we're all terrified to be deeply seen. Like it is terror. Like I desire true intimacy into me, you see. But most of us, all of us, we're shut down for being fully who we were as little kids. And so there's a fucking terror that comes along with people really seeing us and deeply loving us and showing up for us. And it's so beautiful and it's so healing. I think of like all the sisters in my life, you, my God, like you've seen the, all the parts of me and the ugliest moments. And I, I feel so loved by you in every moment. And that is incredibly vulnerable and incredibly scary for most people. In fact, I'm more comfortable with my female friends than my romantic partner seeing me to that depth of intimacy. So even though it's the thing we all say we crave and our hearts and soul crave, there's a giant fear that comes along with it. So being in all these protective mechanisms and being and attracting men who don't really see us and attracting or, or women or partners, like attracting partners who can't see us fully or who don't show up fully for us is just a reflection of how we're not showing up fully for ourselves. And we don't fully see ourselves because we're afraid to be seen and we're afraid what people are going to see. Right. Which brings us to you're unavailable if you don't love yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is not that you have to perfectly love yourself. You know, like, mm -hmm. my God, I think we're all on that train now. We have enough relationship coaches and therapists posting all over Instagram about that now. Like, we're all, we all get it now. Like, this isn't about that you have to perfectly love yourself. But the core love wound is I'm not lovable. Yeah. Right. And so whatever we think isn't lovable about us, we don't reveal or share. And then we wonder why nobody sees us. Yeah. Right. Which it is the self-fulfilling prophecy. And we hope so much as you're listening to this episode, you start to get this. Like you can either be leading from fear and leading from love. It truly is that simple. Yeah. And vulnerability, as Brene Brown defines it, is emotional risk. Mm. Right. So if you are afraid of getting hurt, you're not going to be loved. Yeah. Like if you're afraid of being judged, you're not going to be loved because you're going to be who you think you're supposed to be to avoid that pain. Yes. And what I say to every person I do have, I have several people going through like dating for a month and now it's fallen off. Right. And it really sucks. It really sucks. It's painful. Emotion. You're emotionally available. If you feel your feelings, mm. by the way, you're not available if you refuse to feel pain and hurt because you're also shut down to joy and love. But may we bring an environment of like celebrating, like I always say to my clients, when you sign on to a dating app, I want you to celebrate every single person that's on there who's put themselves out there, even if they're not the one for you. It is vulnerable to create a dating profile and put yourself out there. It is vulnerable to be on a date. So when you're on a date, get that the person you're sitting across from is just as scared as you. Like, and would prefer that you like them and prefer that you think they're great and prefer that a great conversation is about to unfold. 
And even if their protective mechanisms are the cool guy and the aloof guy and the arrogant guy, arrogance is always my number one trigger. I'm like, ew, I'm so unattracted <laughs> to arrogant guys, but like arrogant guys are just little insecure little boys underneath it. And it's the facade and the protective mechanisms that they have around their heart, right. just like you have yours. So it's like right. the more you understand your own protection, the more you can understand and have compassion and grace and space for other people's protection rather than just attacking them. And like when you're really, like you talked about with Brene Brown and that like willingness to take the risks and to have the courage to follow your heart and the courage to risk someone saying no, someone walking away, someone not showing up for you, someone not choosing you, this, the secret to not being tortured by that and tormented by that is to choose yourself right. is the moment the guy doesn't text you or doesn't ask for a second date. You don't abandon yourself because of it. Right. Or even a guy you dated for three months who disappears, like instead of going into your saboteur of like, Oh my God, what did I do wrong? What did it, why did he hurt? Why did he do this? Maybe I'm not lovable. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I need to lose weight. Maybe I, instead of attacking yourself, right. go into like loving yourself fiercely and, and allowing yourself to feel all the pain and the grief, but also like not abandoning yourself, not over, over a stranger or over someone you have been on three dates with or hung out with for three months is like how quick we are to abandon ourselves like choose to to stay connected with yourself and that's how those moments that are seemingly so fucking scary and painful will be a lot less painful when you're not attacking and abandoning yourself because of it so clear to name that as attacking self and really emotional availability is emotional intelligence and this is why healing work is so important. Like this is what is happening in coaching. This is what is happening with therapy. This is what is happening in really high quality personal development. You're learning one, how to witness yourself. Two, you're learning how to take responsibility for your behavior because you do have control over your behavior. <laughs> you're an adult. <laughs> and you do have choice, which is, this is the dating. Like I'm thinking, um, you know, if a man is incapable of letting down his saboteur or his guard, that's a sign of emotional unavailability. Do not let your compassion keep dating that person, telling yourself that one day he'll figure out how to share himself with you. Fucking no, that's the person you don't keep dating. You don't have compassion. In my recent Open to Love dating program, I was like, listen, babes, we don't have to worry about compassion. All of you got great fucking compassion for men. What you need are some boundaries and standards and to hold and treat men like adults, right? Someone is capable of showing up for you. And that's emotional availability too. Treating people like adults, yeah. not making excuses for people and just being so compassionate. And you know what? Holding yourself accountable. Yeah. Like, wow, I'm really upset about this person ghosting me, but have I been authentic every step of the way? Or did I make or paint a red flag green here and then wonder why I'm disappointed or upset? And you can have compassion from a distance. 
It's like, you can be compassionate rather than, because I think that, you know, so many women, it's like, yeah, sometimes the self-sacrificer is so compassionate. They keep staying and tolerating bullshit. That's like not the kind of compassion you want to have, but be able to have compassion rather than staying in blame and being like, oh, another emotionally unavailable man. That guy sucked. Like, oh, him, like, oh God, another asshole. Like that's also hurting you too. You know, it's like, okay, that man is trapped in his protective mechanisms that he's like in boy okay where are my protective mechanisms where did I not listen where did I not honor myself where did I not acknowledge the red flags and you know coming back to self like again bringing your focus back to you and your journey and your relationship to yourself and your you know your places of limitation rather than we just stay so trapped in the blame game and you know now it's like the personal development blame game you know where it's like now I know all these fancy words. Oh, he's an avoidant. Okay. Oh, another avoidant, another emotionally unavailable man. Like that's not serving you just holding on to blaming other people for like, look in the mirror, look in the mirror at all of the places where you're holding yourself back because you're not going to grow by just pointing the finger at the other person and thinking it's them. And emotional intelligence is, wow, that's disappointing that that didn't go the way I wanted it. Unavailability is the attacking, is the blame. And it's not the the bypassing of now you're just supposed to be rainbows and butterflies about the dating experience. But again, I mean, I, it's so amazing. If if they imagine the longer you do work on yourself, like I always forget who I used to be, you know, like I, I couldn't advocate for myself. I couldn't ask for what I need. I had no capacity to teach people how to treat me. I just fell into relationships and hope that they would save me. And, and a sign that you're unavailable is if you want to be saved and rescued, a sign that you're unavailable is you want someone else to be responsible for your happiness. It is no one's job to make you happy other than you ever. And, and you're, and no, it's not life's job to make you happy. Life is going to do life's thing, right? Things happen in life that don't always go as planned, but especially during a solar eclipse. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you want to be? Like that's availability, waking up in the morning and saying, what kind of person do I want to be? How do I want to treat people on a date? And how do I expect to be treated and only going out with the people who reveal the capacity to like, listen, um, a healthy adult man is capable of making a fucking plan. Like stop going out with people who struggle to make a plan with you. Treat people like adults. You're allowed to have standards, like all my little codependent babes. Like that's what you're working on. And then all my hyper-independent controlling isolator babes, we're working on having you soften and believe that someone can actually show up for you rather than thinking you always have to do everything yourself. Yes. So um, unavailability is all of the games that we play and stop pointing the finger out there and we're walking alongside you. I mean, it's it's vulnerable every time Kate and I make an episode. What? Like putting ourselves out there. Listen, it took us like six months to record our first oh, yeah. episode. <laughs> like we're like the people that are vulnerable are the ones that say no one might like me and that's okay. 
but I'm going to do this for me. I have something to share. I have something to offer the world. You are a gift. You are sacred and not everyone's going to like you, but the right person for you is going to freaking love who you are. Like Andrew does not make me wrong for crying at every commercial, for getting all fired up about every TV show I watch for like every (laughs) time I'm yelling when I'm recording a podcast episode (laughs) because I'm so passionate and excited. But guess what? That starts with not only believing that it's possible, but doing that for yourself. So you are unavailable. If you constantly judge yourself, you are unavailable. If you constantly compare yourself, you are unavailable. If you criticize yourself all the time, So it isn't loving yourself perfectly, but you bring an energy to yourself that you're available and present to your own feelings, to your own body, to your own needs, to loving on the gifts and the unique expression of who you are. And then that's what you carry into your dating life and into your relationship. And then that's what you're going to be met with. Like you can only be as met as deeply as you've met yourself. Right. That's the meme that everyone's sharing that meme all the time. Like you can only be met as deeply as you've met yourself and meeting yourself starts with being available to the truth of who you are available to all that you feel available to what's really going on. Stop pointing the finger. Stop labeling. I love that you said that because right. It's just the ego's self-righteousness to like not have to feel disappointment, pain and hurt. We all feel that. We all freaking feel that, but the ones that just feel it and then move on are the ones that have emotional intelligence and availability. The ones that refuse to acknowledge their pain or pretend like they're fine when they're freaking not, or put on the happy face on a date, you're not, that's not the path to the intimacy you crave. Yes, 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 yes. Being willing to be seen, to be you, to, to be witnessed and knowing that the right people for you will fucking love you for all of you. And the more you bring all of you to the table, the more, you know, I remember being on a first date with Jeff and having talking about human design and it took me a while into the date. We had a four hour date and it was kind of boring and surfacey. And then towards the end, I started, I looked up his human design and started talking about astrology and started talking, geeking out about all the things. And he was interested. He was like, oh, my dad's really into this kind of stuff. And then by, you know, after about 30 minutes of it, I left the date. My saboteur was like, oh my God, you shared too much about your spirituality. Like God, and that was seven years ago. Like now I would be like, okay, in the first five minutes, like, <laughs> I'm where you born. I need to know your human design. This is who I am. Every single human I meet, every time I have a call with a new client, like this is what I care about. This is me. So if you think I'm a fucking weirdo because I'm into all of these beautiful, cool, magical, spiritual things, we are absolutely not aligned. So bring and show all of who you are. And then it's like, if somebody goes or disappears, good. If somebody doesn't text you back, if they're not like, if they're not chasing you down the street, asking you for the next date, then they're not aligned with you. And it's the same with your friends. Like, and it's, it seems like it's not always some women have, you know, intimacy issues with friends too, but it seems like for the most part, it's easier to be vulnerable and real and, and open and, and, and share who we are with friends. Not, not hundred percent of the time, but it's easier than with a person that we're attracted to. But I say like, bring yourself fully almost to the point where like you, 
if you push them away, good, that's really good information because then they're not your people. Right. They're not aligned. And that's how you learn how to accept yourself more. And you learn how to love yourself more because you surround yourself. I used to surround myself with friends who told me who to be and what to mm what to wear and how to act and who to date. And I doubted myself constantly because I was surrounded by people like that. And I attracted people like that because I doubted myself and it was just like, they went hand mm -hmm. in hand. And when I learned how to like, just stand for who I am and get weird and change my name and be like whoever the fuck I wanted to be in the world and go to Costa Rica in a pandemic, like the more I learned to follow my truth, the more I surrounded myself with people who like love and celebrate all of who I am. And then I feel better about myself. Right. Like they just feed each other. So fully right. bring yourself to your dates, fully bring yourself to your friendships. And that's how you get to surround yourself with people who love and adore you for all of who you are. And you'll like, I mean, and that's what heals. Like then it, from within. exactly. It's not that it, stops being hard to be vulnerable because there will always be that, that physiological response to, to sharing, but that you're being loved by more and more people in a real way. And that becomes the energetic that supports you in blooming more in your life. And I, I, I over and over again, like it really is about believing in yourself, that core belief, like I am lovable as I am, I'm responsible for how I bring myself to the world. You are unavailable if you don't know how to walk away. And that is what one-on-one -on -one coaching work is for, to help you with boundaries and standards and to do the deeper healing around what's getting in the way of you being yourself. So if you found this helpful, share it with your friends, listen to it again and again. We love you and we're so grateful for all of your support. We hope you've been loving all of the epic interviews we've had this summer. We really are, you know, deliberate and intentional in who we choose to the podcast. I personally am still loving Rachel Maddox's uh, conversations. If you haven't listened to that, get on over there. That was episode 76 and open your heart, emotional availability starts with you. Love it. See you soon. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing 